You are listening to the Branding Lab podcast, specifically the Behind the Brand series, which focuses on the real life experiences, joys, and failures of my journey launching and building a sustainable and ethical fashion brand. Now, I am on a mission to learn how to build a strategic and purpose driven brand. And if you're listening to this podcast, you probably have the same questions as I do. So, why don't we find the answers together? In this episode, we are talking all about creating customer personas. Are you ready for this one? Let's get to it. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Behind the Brand, a series where I talk about my journey launching my own swimmer company, now in Rio Swim. Now, on today's episode, we're going to be talking about customer personas, and we're going to also be touching upon audience personas and the concept of brand personas, also known as brand archetypes. Now, before we begin, before we get into the nitty gritty, for anyone who's listening out there who is also an entrepreneur, I would like to ask you a question. Now, if I ask you the question, who is your customer persona or who are your customer personas? Because you can definitely have more than one. And if your answer is everyone, or if your answer is I don't have a customer persona because I sell to everyone, then my friend, you've got a problem. But don't worry, that's why we're here. And and so I invite you to sit down, take out a pen and paper, and let's do this. Now, everything in branding starts and ends with your audience. Who are they? Where do they live? What do they drive? What do they read? What do they do? How do they feel? And what do they want? Now, the answer to all these questions are all insights that brands are looking for when they're trying to resonate with their audience. Now, to really understand what is a customer persona, we need to define it. So a customer persona, which is also known as a buyer persona, is a detailed description of someone who represents your target audience. They aren't a real customer, but instead they are a fictional person who embodies the characteristics of your best potential customers. Now, how do you craft a customer persona? On this podcast, we're all about, you know, the workshop style, tips and tricks. So let's get down to it. When you're crafting a customer persona, the first thing that you need to do is you need to give that person a name. Once you've given them a name, you need to move on to demographics. Now, demographics are things like um, your age, their age, their education, their personal income, marital status. Demographics are statistical data around who is your audience. Now, once you've done that, you're going to move on to psychographics. So psychographics focus on the underlying interests, values, activities, and opinions that motivate your customer, your consumer to buy. Psychographics, um, when you're thinking about psychographics, some of the questions that you can ask are things like, what type of sports does your customer watch? The music that they listen to? What clothing brands do they wear? What kind of publications do they read? What are their needs? Etc., etc. Now, because I love to give examples, we're gonna we're gonna do an example here. And I'm gonna give you my personal example. So when I was crafting the now in Rio customer, I also went through all of this and I also thought of the demographics and the psychographics of my ideal customer. And so I named her because it's a her, I named her Rebecca. And her location, I kept it really very 
uh, broad. I said near a beach. <laughs> She's a beach lover. She's 38. Her job is entrepreneur. Her household income is 90,000 US dollars and more. She does have children. Her status is married and her touch points, which are some of the social media channels that she loves to uh, look at, include Instagram, blogs, and she's also a fan of influencers. So she follows a lot of influencers on social media. Now, I'm going to tell you, I have a very large kind of paragraphs on who who Rebecca is, but I'll give you a little bit of a taste. And this is the psychographic aspect of my customer persona. So the now in Rio customer has an intense love of the water and loves being outside and in nature. She can't sit still and is very active. She's environmentally conscious, but that doesn't come at the expense of luxury. She loves to treat herself and is invested in her personal well-being. She cares about what she puts in her body and eats mostly plant-based, but at the same time, she loves to have a gin and tonic or a slice of cake at the end of a long day. When she travels, she isn't the type of woman who sits by the pool all day. Instead, she's constantly on the move. She books scuba trips, goes on hikes, rides horses, and of course, loves to try out the local cuisine. She loves adventure, but still books a spa day after a full day of activities. I mean, I have more here, but I think you kind of understand where I'm going with that. On top of that, I actually have three um, three subheadings, and that includes what brings her joy, what are her buying habits, and what are her values. So for example, for her buying habits, she's eco-friendly. She shops at the, eco, uh, the organic market. For her values, she values self-love, minimalism, unity, nature, um, and what brings her joy, so nature, water sports, um, tropical escapes, et cetera, et cetera. I think that kind of gives you a really good understanding of who the Now in Rio customer is. And so from that, um, if you're having trouble with this, one of the things that I think is really, that makes it a little bit easier is that you can actually use a celebrity or an influencer if that makes it better or easier for you to kind of envision who your customer persona is. And so that celebrity or that influencer will have the specific characteristics that can also be found in your customer persona. I've already kind of read my customer persona for you, but when I was kind of crafting it, I had two, I had one influencer and a celebrity in mind. The celebrity was Gwyneth Paltrow. Please don't judge me. <laughs> and the influencer was Jenna, uh, Jenna Kutcher. Now, Gwyneth Paltrow, and the reasoning behind Gwyneth Paltrow is because I feel like she's the perfect mix between bohemian, bohemian and luxury lifestyle. So one of the things that I have actually in my brand manifesto um, and my brand manifesto, within my brand manifesto is my customer persona. I have this saying that says, balancing transparency with exclusivity to inspire millennials and Gen X and Gen Z affluent consumers. So I have a a kind of an understanding that there is going to be a balance between individuals that prioritize, prioritize and love sustainability, ethical, but at the same time, our luxury, they will purchase like they will splurge. They will go for that, you know, that extra something, something. And when I was thinking of that and I was picturing like what kind of celebrity kind of emulates that for me, 
it kind of came to Gwyneth Paltrow. And I mean, I know she's very, very controversial, but that's the person that kind of materialized in my mind. And I think it's really important for you to really have some, like your customer persona materialize in your mind. And as a result of that, I would really recommend that if you are creating your customer persona, that you should be you should be um, using a, a visual tool, uh, which is something like Canva or Mural or Miro, where you can really put in images of your customer persona to really kind of, kind of really, in a sense, like I said, visualize them, bring them to life, really understand how they look, what they do, because you don't want also you don't want pictures only of your customer persona, but you want pictures of them doing whatever you think that your customer persona does. I mean, this is psychographics then, right? If your psychographics, if the the psychographics of your customer persona is my customer personas loves to hike, they love to scuba dive, they have children. Um, I mean, that's demographics, but you know, you would take the demographics and the psychographics and you would find pictures of individuals of women on the internet through Pinterest, through, you know, whatever, emulating these demographics and psychographics. So for my persona image board, she's always on the move. She comes in li- alive in nature. She's a beach lover. So I looked for these photos. So the, the photos on my persona image board are not of individuals sitting on the beach. I have a woman that's spearfishing. I have women that are jumping off boats. I have women surfing. I have women that are, uh, that are definitely relaxing but I have all of that. And I think that creating this visual representation of who your customers are, I think it's great for you to really kind of understand and see them in your mind because you need to perceive them. You need to treat them like real people. And the reasoning that you need to understand that, or you need to to, to visualize them and really feel like they're a real person is because this allows you to craft marketing messages that are targeted specifically to them. Your customer persona will guide everything that you do from product development to your brand voice, to even the social media channels you choose. So let's rewind a little bit. Okay. Because we've talked about psychographics and we talked about demographics and we actually didn't cover one of the most important things, and that is your customer pain points and their goals and how you and your product or service can help them overcome their pain points and reach their goals. Now, psychographics and demographics are super important, but the reason that your product exists is to solve a problem. So what is that problem? You need to identify that problem. And a lot of the times, you know, a lot of solopreneurs out there, a lot of people that, you know, create uh, a product or a surface that is very connected to their personal why, a lot of the pain points will actually come from your personal pain points that you've experienced or pain points that your friends or family have experienced. And from that, that's great. You can grow from that. Again, I'll take my example of Now in Rio. My pain point actually came from my own frustrations with bikini companies. I'm not a size two. I'm a size L, size XL. I find shopping for swimwear so frustrating and I just really want a swimsuit that looks good, stays put, and just is fabulous. And I just couldn't find that. And one that was all also ethically and sustainably made because that's very important to me. And I couldn't find that. When I was living in Rio de Janeiro, <laughs> even though it is the land of bikinis, I could never find a bikini that could fit me. It's always too tight. It was always too small. It was a very frustrating experience for me. 
And when I started thinking about it, I'm like, well, if this is something that's frustrating for me, it probably is frustrating for other people. So I had to test it out. I had to test out my hypothesis. So if I'm feeling frustrated about this, are other people feeling frustrated about this? And what I did from there is I ended up asking questions. So I started going out and talking to people, to people who I felt were my ideal customers. And I would ask them the question. I would just say like, what are your frustrations with your swimwear? What are the frustrations that you have when you're, when you're shopping for swimwear? Very open-ended, very non-pointed uh, questions. And I would just kind of listen to the people. And I mean, this is a process. We've, I've already done a podcast episode on research. Research is really important. You need to understand why, like why your product exists. Your product exists to solve a problem. So what is that problem? And, and I think that if you don't have that understanding, you're, you're in trouble. (laughs) So from there, I didn't only ask people, you know, I went on Facebook groups and I started asking in Facebook groups, but I also looked on like my competitor's website on other swimwear websites. And I was looking at what people were saying in reviews. And I was, I was doing a lot of research to understand what were the pain points and how my swimwear could help with those pain points. And I think that like with those three things, you know, you can really craft something, you know, like I said, demographics, psychographics, pain points, and identifying pain points and how you can help people overcome those pain points. Now, if you're creating a customer if you are going to be creating a customer persona and you already have a business, like let's say you you didn't create a customer persona or you want to revisit the customer personas that you have created and you already have a business, you already have customers, that's great. You're already, you know, you already have data. You already have data that's available to you so you can take advantage of that. So what you can do is you can gather all this kind of information from your customer database. You can send emails to your current or past customers and just basically chat with them. You need to ask them why they bought their why they bought your product. You can ask them why they bought their product, bought your product or service. Would they buy again? Again, what were the problems that they they that your product solved for them and just kind of ask them the right questions. You can even provide an incentive. So for example, if you offer a service or if you offer products, you can say for your next purchase, I'll give you 20% off if you answer the survey. Or I wouldn't even send a survey to tell you the truth. I would actually contact people, try to get them on the phone and really have a conversation with them. People value, your customers will, in the end, will really value that one-to-one that they have with you. So remember. Ask them about their pain points and ask how your product or your service helped them. You can also look at your social media. You can look at Google Analytics. So there's so much information out there for you to take advantage of to really understand who is your customer and who's buying from you. Now, if you're sitting there and you're listening and you're like, hey, Vaughn, I haven't launched my I haven't launched my business yet. Like how am I going to understand who my customer is? Well, my friend, this is when you start hypothesizing and guessing a little bit. I I don't know who my customers are. I have created a customer persona based on my assumptions and based on my research. And once I do launch now in Rio Swim, I'm going to validate those customers and validate that information whether I'm right or wrong. And I will tweak it if I need to tweak it. What you really need to do is, again, you need to research. You need to understand exactly who that person is that would be buying your product. And you can 
gather that information from chatting, from um, identifying your competitors and seeing who is buying from them, who is uh, like understanding who's leaving reviews. There's a lot of different things that you can do. And then you just put that all together and you kind of guesstimate (laughs) and you just figure it out and then you validate it. I mean, in the end, you have to create something and you just have to trust in what like trust in what you put together. And then if you're wrong, then you just adapt it. You know, the thing, like I said, is very important here is that you have to see, although it's a fictional representation of your customer, in the end, you have to understand your customer persona in and out. You really have to understand who they are. And this is really important. I know a lot of you are, you know, you're probably asking me at this point, like, okay, well, give me an example. Why is this important? How does it really affect everything? Well, so I recently spoke to Joanna Galvon in one of the podcast episodes, and she was doing a rebrand for rebrand for a client who was a skincare brand. And the main colors of their skincare brand were pink. And Joanna actually asked me during the interview, and she said, when you think of the color pink, what type of customers just pop into your head? And I said, well, I see like maybe tweens or like Gen Z's, 20-year-olds, young kind of individuals. And she's like, exactly. But for my client, her customers were actually in their 50s, 60s, and in their 70s. So that color was all wrong for them. And it didn't resonate with who they were speaking to or who they would like to speak to. And so they rebranded and they actually did, I think, a royal blue and a a gold color. But I mean, something as simple as color can really, you know, can really be affected by who your customers are. Now, let's look at another example. Let's look at a marketing example, because one of the things that I always say is that when you're having problems in marketing, most of the time your problem is not a marketing problem, it's a branding problem. And one of the things that I found really, really like prevalent when I was uh, talking to uh, travel businesses is that they didn't understand who their customer was. And then when they were doing marketing or they were on Instagram or on Facebook and there was nothing, there were no sales coming, they would then blame it on Mar- on, on Instagram or on Facebook. They would, sell, they would say, well, Instagram isn't working. It doesn't work. Social media doesn't work. Well, if you were a travel business where your customers are retirees that like to travel on cruises, then maybe you shouldn't be on Instagram. So what, with your customer, I, I know that one of the things that I said when I was talking about the now and real customer, I talked about touch points. When you're identifying all of these different things, you're also identifying things like where are they, where are they hanging out? Are your customers hanging out on Instagram? Are they hanging out on LinkedIn? Are they on Clubhouse? Where are they at this moment in time? And all of the things that you create, they're tied to your customer. And this is why it's so important to understand who your customer is and and craft that customer persona. Now, let's talk really, really quickly about audience personas, which is something I talked about with Andres Lopez Varela, episode seven. And they're just a little bit different than customer personas. Now, audience personas are groups of people who encompass only a percentage of the traits and values of your customer persona, but who can still be incredibly... uh, an incredible asset to your brand. The important thing here is to realize that 
you should never be too hyper-focused on your customer persona. Use it as a guide. So for example, now in Rio Swim, it's ethically and sustainably made. However, I'm sure that once I do launch, not everyone who will be buying my swimwear will care that it's sustainable or ethical. And that's fine. Does that mean I won't be talking to them? No, I'll still have conversations with them. I'll still be marketing to those types of people because they encompass certain characteristics of my customer persona, not all of them, but certain characteristics. And I shouldn't not include them in my marketing efforts. I should, I should still speak with them. I should still communicate to them. I should still market to them. And as a result of that, you need to also kind of not, you know, when you are too hyper-focused, what ends up happening is that you're going to miss out on opportunities because one audience group doesn't have like a specific characteristic. You're going to be like, nope, they're not my customer. That's wrong. I don't think that's the, the right way of doing it. So, you know, I think that understanding who your customer audience is, uh, who your customer persona is great. And then just going, you know, creating uh, as at the same time, creating audience personas and understanding where those individuals are hanging out and how you can communicate to them because you can communicate a little bit differently depending on the audience persona. Another example, if I am going to do, if I know people who are buying now in Rio Swim that are not really important, like don't really care about sustainability, maybe not all of my communication, not all of my social media posts, not all of my blog articles are going to be talking about sustainability and, and ethical, you know, ethical manufacturing. Maybe it'll talk about certain other aspects that, you know, this audience group is interested in. Now, Understanding your customer persona and then maybe breaking it down to audience personas and then understanding how to reach those groups of people is like the strategy. That's the strategy you should be looking into. Now, very quickly, what we're going to do is we're going to talk about brand personas, which are also known as brand archetypes. And we're going to be talking about this a little bit later because I think there's a lot of things to unpack with these concepts, but they're connected with customer personas and audience uh, personas. And I wanted to introduce this to you so that you could understand the difference between customer and brand personas. Now, although all brands are businesses that we have a transactional relationship with, some brands we feel a connection with. I'm sure that you do. If I ask you, what do you love? What product do you love? You probably will say something like, I love my Apple or I love my iPhone. So you have that connection, that loyalty, and in some cases, that love for, for products, basically. Well, this is the type of emotion and this type of emotional connection that you should strive, that any brand, that any entrepreneur out there, they should strive to foster this kind of connection with your consumers. You want to be like, because I'm a product-based, I have products, I want to get to that point where people say, I love my swimwear. I love it. It's so amazing, right? So I want to get to that point. Now, a brand persona is a collection of personality traits, attitudes, and values that your brand showcases on a regular basis to help connect with a certain audience segment. And a brand persona can be a person, character, mascot, or idea. So here's, here's what you need to understand. Understanding your customer persona is incredibly important because once you've identified who it is that you're talking to, then you'll be able to develop how your brand connects with them through a brand persona. Now, for this to work, the traits of the brand persona should be uh, complementary to your 
customer persona. Okay. I hope, I hope you got that. Now the perfect example of a brand persona, if you really want to like have a great example of this, I don't know if you guys remember this, but there was like a 2006, um, Apple versus Mac campaign, get a Mac. Um, and if you're too young to remember it, Google it, it's hilarious. It has Justin Long in it, but it was epic. So this is a great example of how to create a brand persona. Now we're going to talk about this later. So don't worry about that. There will be another episode about this. So subscribe to the podcast because there's a lot of goodies coming your way. But one of the ways that you can develop your brand personality is through the use of brand archetypes. And there are 12, there are actually 12 different archetypes out there. Some of which include the ruler, the lover, the rebel, the hero, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So why is this important? Well, because once you identify the brand archetypes, you can actually start crafting the personality of your brand and you, it serves to better align the personality type with specific customer personas. Let me just break it down really quickly. When you have crafted your customer persona, you also need to craft your brand personality. So I am talking to you how. This comes later on when you're crafting things like tone of voice. You know, you need to understand, hey, I'm talking to you. How am I talking to you? Your brand expression, your brand personality, your brand voice and tone, all of the all of these things are super important because you don't want to be inconsistent in the way that you're speaking to your is speaking to your customers. And this is something that I talk with with Cassandra Lee in a previous episode and we we talk about how most of the time when she when she works with brands and entrepreneurs who don't have an understanding of who their customers are, who don't have an understanding of brand personality, brand voice and tone, what ends up happening is she has to she has troubles because she ends up writing something in her own tone. The entrepreneurs or the individuals are frustrated because like, well, that's not the tone of our brand, but she has no guidelines. She doesn't understand. So this becomes really important. For example, if you want to grow in the future, if you want to have a team of like six marketing people on on your team, they can't all be talking in, in a different, like in a different tone, in a different voice. They need to understand how they're talking. So in any case, um, if you really want to understand how to craft customer personas, just look at some of the biggest brands out there, right? Look at how Nike talks and who they're talking to. Look at, um, I think a really great example is Nespresso. Nespresso has very specific people that they talk to. Um, Look at Jameson Whiskey. I mean, I used to work with Jameson Whiskey. This was back in the day. I think it was like seven years ago. And they actually sent me a brand book. It was like, I think it was 15 pages just explaining who their customer persona was. They had pictures, they had the tone, everything. And they send it to every single agency that they work with. Cause I was working at a, as an agency. I was a social media manager at the time. And they send it to every single social media manager that they work with so that they can understand exactly the tone and who they're talking to. And the, in the example of Jameis and Whiskey, their customer persona was like the, the, this like a thirties, I think thirties, 40 year old man. He has a beard. He's very gruffy. He's like Harley Davidson. He loves to drink whiskey. And like, he was this like manly man kind of guy. And what was really interesting, cause when we talk about like also audience personas, I mean, there are people out there, like when we communicate to this customer persona, when I was communicating and writing copy and social media copy for this customer persona, 
we were very specific on who we were talking to and the brand personality, brand voice and tone. But you still have, you know, women drinking Jameson whiskey. Just because you talk to this customer persona doesn't necessarily mean that like no one else will ever buy your product. That's not true because I'm sure whoever's listening out there, I'm sure you've had Jameson whiskey. I've had Jameson whiskey as well, even though I am not their target audience. (laughs) I hope that's a great example to end with. If you have any other questions, please let me know. I love talking about this. And at the same time, I'm growing with you. We are growing together. Remember to follow me on Instagram uh, at Yvonne Ivanescu. I will see you there and we'll see you next time. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Branding Lab podcast with your host, Yvonne Ivanescu. If you've enjoyed the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, or leave us a review on your preferred podcast listening platform. We really appreciate that effort. We'll catch you next time.